Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. My name's Jeff. I'm Joe. Welcome to episode 17. We hope you enjoy our podcast on weiu.net or sometimes on Facebook Live like today. Uh, or you can even go to iTunes and search for it. So we appreciate it. Uh, Joe, as we head into NFC AFC Championship weekend, let's talk about uh, football last week and uh, some really incredible sports ratings uh, along with the games for Saturday for Sunday. Yeah, the uh, your, your Steelers playing the pack. I mean, um, uh, playing the Cowboys. Wait, wait. I'm getting, I'm getting. I'm, I'm thinking you're stealing. Yeah. So the the uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys yep. got a 48 and a half million people average than that. And I think what 62 million people in the last two minutes when Dallas yeah. rallied and everything like that. Amazing. We've been talking about the ratings being bad all year, and part it's probably because of the elections, as we've talked about, and it's also in part because the games really were terrible. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden we came to Sunday, and we had just one of the best games you'll ever see in Cowboys-Packers, right down to the wire, right. uh, and then you had Steelers-Chiefs, which wasn't really as dramatic, uh, no. but still, if you're a Steeler fan like me, it was nerve-wracking to the end, and so that was pretty exciting as well. And that was and a good game. Was I mean, you game, had yeah. a two-point conversion, and then the holding, I mean, it, it clearly was a penalty on that play, but... Uh, it just didn't have the same cachet as yeah. the Green Bay, one of the big programs in Dallas, arguably, you know, the most popular team in the country. Exactly. So, uh, but the ratings are great. I'm sure the NFL is happy. Uh, and one of the things, you know, since the Steelers Chiefs game got moved from noon on Sunday till a night game due right. to the uh, ice storm that was so terrible here in East oh, Central. Oh, horrible. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> jest there. Um, is that uh, now there's already talk maybe that that'll be a, a continued thing where they'll move both of the games on the Saturday and Sunday of divisional weekend to the to the afternoon and then the evening game. I liked the evening game because we didn't have to work on Monday. So right. it didn't bother me as much to start at 7.30 on a Sunday night. So what well, your thoughts on that? Do you like it better or not? Well, I, I don't. I mean, it's, I understand why they're doing it. They think they're going to get better ratings and more dollars from it. But how much more does the NFL need? You know, <laughs> No, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, they're making so much money. They're moving teams and they're making all this extra money. But I'm just wondering, I don't think the night game grows the game because the kids aren't watching it. I, I'm oh. always about getting the kids involved. Uh, Why not have the 1 or 2 o'clock game and then the 450 game or what a 415 game? I think that's better for the sport. Uh, yeah, you can't argue that. And this is like this weekend with the uh, AFC and NFC title games. You know, it's, a, it's basically here in Central Time, it's 2 o'clock and then 540. So you can actually watch both games, right. still get to bed early if you have school or work the next day. I think that's the better time. If they would do it like that on both weekends, I think people would uh, – would, uh, have no problem with it at all. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think those earlier games for all the big sports is better for growing the game. It's it's the it's the long approach as opposed to the short approach. There and you go. Um, and actually, the earlier game got the better ratings anyway, yeah, didn't it? Did. It had almost 12 million more people watched it, and, and it was a better game. And you had two of the marquee teams, and uh, sure. you know, and when you think about the Cowboys and the Packers, I mean, that's two of the top three or four teams overall right. in terms of fan bases all across the country. Where the Steelers and Chiefs, really, the Chiefs don't have, I don't think, as big as a fan base. Now, the Steelers are a nationwide team, but you know, there you go. Yeah, the Chiefs are a loyal fan base, but it's certainly not the same yeah, level. And, and was wasn't that the the best ratings for games since last year's Super Bowl? Exactly, exactly. And the and the best 
non-Super Bowl playoff ratings in the history of the game. So NFL is happy. They're collecting money. Now today, just before the show started, there was other NFL news. Get your thoughts on this real quick. The uh, Los An- or the Oakland Raiders have announced they have formally applied to become the Las Vegas Raiders and move probably by 2020. Your thoughts there? Yeah, well, as we've talked about, I, I just, I'm, I'm shocked that the NFL is going to, to Las Vegas. Because it used to be, as we've mentioned, you know, a friend we know, Ken Baker, when he and other referees would go to Las Vegas, they'd have to check in to make sure, hey, I'm not gambling. <laughs> yeah. They're so worried about the gambling, but now they're moving a team to Las Vegas? That just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a smart thing. And plus, I don't think they're ever going to be embraced in Las Vegas the same way as they are in Oakland. I wonder about that. Now, it would make for a great weekend if you had money and you wanted to go, like, gamble and, and enjoy nightlife Friday and Saturday and then go to a game on Sunday. But I just don't know how many people are going to, be able to afford that and do that and you got such a great fan base in Oakland with the Oakland Raiders so very interesting times in the NFL over the next few years yeah it gives uh, I guess uh it's like Vegas that doesn't have enough going on there <laughs> you, you need need uh, Oakland Raiders and so I think the pregame shows for the weekends are getting ready to start in about an hour <laughs> are you a pregame they started <laughs> <laughs> are you a pregame show f- uh, follower I know I have buddies that love pregame and postgame stuff I'm not that much into it, but I know a lot of people just love to watch pregame and then all the postgame interviews. Your thoughts? I hate them. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just don't like them. Uh, I, you're saying the same thing. For someone who keeps up with sport, I know most of these stories, right? Yeah, you, I, and you do too. And even if you, even if you don't, you know, it's it's not really that greatest stuff anyway. Nowadays, I don't think you need. I think you know, when we were kids. I watched it a lot more because we weren't getting that. We weren't getting yeah, anything beyond a football digest yeah. and an SI once a week or sport magazine. Now we have tw- sports 24-7. Yep. Uh, but I'm sure the fans of those teams will be locked in a little bit more. But Yeah, I just prefer to get to the games. I, don't, I, don't, I, I want Sunday to get here. I, I don't even right turn now. it on until right before <laughs> the game, usually. Exactly. Well, the other news came out of, of course, my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the uh, Antonio Brown incident, as it's referred to, is where he uh, went to Facebook Live. and uh, during uh, We're on Facebook Live? Yes, we're on Facebook oh. Live. Okay. He went to Facebook Live, so let's not, uh, and uh, he shouldn't have. And then the NFL and the uh, associated media with it decided that was the the greatest story and the biggest story of the uh, of the sports year. Which I I'm fascinated with why it is people have made it such a big deal. I think it's the greatest story, the most important story in, in media since Odell Beckham went to Miami with his Giants teammates. I, I, I think it has to be at that level. Isn't it that yeah, high, right? It's just nuts. I mean, I, I, I will say, <laughs> as a Steelers fan, I'm, I'm, I know I lean, I lean towards the bias, but I think about it is, you know, he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything immoral. All he basically did in, is turn on his phone, which is, you know, he right. wasn't supposed to, turned on social media, and, you know, accidentally recorded Tomlin saying a couple of bad words. Well, not, not accidentally. Well, <laughs> he, he accidentally, accidentally recorded I know, it. right. Yeah. No, you're right, right. And it's just people are like, I mean, the Patriot fans are like, he should be suspended. People are, are posting things where he should be suspended for three or four games. I'm like, it was a phone in a free country that recorded a speech. Let's not go crazy, folks. There's, there, you know, there's other stories and there's other news out there that's just as equal. But I tell you, Antonio Brown's had to apologize. The Steelers have apologized. Uh, apologized. You know, all these news conferences. The Patriots are even getting annoyed with the whole thing now. And I know it all leads up to the game, but enough's enough, uh, in, in my opinion. Well, two things though that are interesting for that. I, I don't have a problem with the, Facebook. I mean, he called them as we mentioned. You know, a dirty word. You know, begins with an A and ends with <laughs> ends with holes. Um, my uh, coaches are, are going to be talking that way about their opponents, right? Yeah. But, but but two things. One, he actually violated the NFL's social media policy. Yeah. You know, it's not just for media. It's not just for the media. It's for anybody. So Antonio Brown did that. But secondarily, the thing that that 
that concerns me a little bit is all these players that are more concerned about their brand, their own perception and the brand of the, of the player than the team. That was a wrong thing to do for the team, as you and I have talked about yeah. before the show. You don't do that. But he's so worried about the Antonio Brown brand, this new generation of people, I guess, this people are, uh, kids that are coming up, that that's what matters to him. Yep. Yeah, because, again, with a short-lived career, they want their careers to stay on afterwards, and he wants the Antonio Brown 84 brand to be out there. And so he messed up. And so, like I said, it, 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 it's much ado about nothing yeah, it's in not a, a way. Big story. But it's, in, in a way, at least it, it's something to talk about as we get towards the uh, towards the games coming up. Yeah, it's something to chuckle at. There you go. Uh, I want to also talk locally a little bit about uh, a guy that's taking some heat here in the uh, near area is Illini basketball coach John Gross. I don't know how much you follow Illini basketball, but I know here we're on the campus of EIU. Illinois is kind of the, the ugly steps child to the north, as a lot of people say, but there are a lot of fans around here. Oh, lots. And John Gross is under a lot of heat right now. His team just cannot be competitive on the road in the Big Ten, and they could possibly miss the NCAA tournament for the fourth consecutive year. There's stories in the paper today um, um, from the guy from I'm having a brain lock from the Decatur Herald Review, basically calling for Whitman to Mark Tupper. Mark Tupper, thank you to make that make a decision here, uh, you know, relatively soon uh, towards the, as we gear towards the NCAA tournament. Your thoughts on Illini basketball and, and how the media is going to take these next couple of you know six seven weeks. Well, I think the coverage I've I've read, and I've, I've read a lot of coverage about the Big Ten, not necessarily a lot about the the Illini. Uh, I've read a little bit, uh, but the coverage seems to be they're not really attacking them. I haven't I haven't heard the ones you're talking about. And actually, one of our alum will have to call. Um, yeah. uh, we, our alum is the sports editor up at the Champagne News Gazette, Matt yep. Daniels, and yeah. um, um, the, Scott Ritchie, who's another alum, covers Mike it. Mike Kaiser's Puff, up there, Calvert. Right. Yeah. We need to we need to get them involved, but. This is a year for the Big Ten where there's, I don't know if it's a lot of parody or if they're all weak. No one's really stepping up, besides maybe Wisconsin a little bit. Yeah. But everybody seems to be losing games they think they should be winning. You yeah. know, Indiana was the big team. Then they lose to Maryland. And, 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 and now with the Illini. I mean, the Illini hasn't been strong for a long time. So I don't know that you, blow, you throw it all on gross. I'm not a big fan of, of, of a writer of myself asking for someone's job. I want to know why they're winning, why they're losing. And, and I don't know enough about it. Tupper probably could say a lot yeah, more. It was an, and if you want to check it, check out Tupper's column today. And it was interesting. You know, he basically just he, he didn't really call for the job as much as he called for what Whitman is going to, knowing that he called for Whitman to make a choice at the end of the year. Whitman is the athletic director up right. there. So it'll be, uh, and he, I hate to use the word interesting, over and over. But I just don't know, again, if Illinois is still perceived as that premier job where you can go out and get a better coach. I mean, I think we had the best coach we ever had in self, and before that with Kruger. I just don't know if we're going to get a Kruger or self at Illinois right now in the certain the way things are in the state of Illinois, and then with the you know the budget concerns at at Illinois Eastern everywhere else. So uh, I want it'll be interesting to see. A lot of people always want change, but then after change isn't always better. No, I mean look at the programs that keep with their coaches. You know, Mike Tomlin at the Steelers and all the others. Those are the teams that do well. But here's the other thing: is that fans in a lot of areas think their team is far better than it. It is. Yeah. I, I've been amazed since I moved here 15 years ago. It's like a line high football. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's nothing. It's not that good. I come from SEC land and even in the Big Ten. The Illini haven't been relevant in football and, and maybe even basketball for eight or ten years. Right? It's, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. So, uh, your thoughts on your mind today on the sports media show? Uh, Hall of Fame yesterday. Yeah, Hall of Fame, which. Go ahead, I'll let you start. No, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always interested. You know, we. Journalists shouldn't be part of the news, but this is one they can't escape because it's the Baseball Writers of America Association, the BBWA, eh? I forget how many, uh, Baseball yeah, Writers of America, 
they're the ones who make these choices. And there's, what, 441 people who vote as opposed to the NFL when they do the Hall of Fame. They throw, like, 80 people or 60 people into a room. So the NFL is sort of like a caucus, <laughs> and the, the baseball is the ballot. And um, I love the fact that all these writers have been showing their ballots early, so you sort of had a sense of it. Um, that said, there's always going to be some debate. Like, I can't imagine how Vladimir Herrero, I think the best of all the candidates out there, just misses. Well, and the other thing is, I agree. I love Vladimir Guerrero, not Herrero. That's okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Vlad the Impaler, a great baseball player. Trevor Hoffman missed by five votes. Right. But what I've been hearing about is this integrity of the game clause, where the writers can take the integrity of the game and not vote in the steroid users. Fine. That's perfectly within their right. right. But think about this. Everybody is saying how great a player Tim Rock Reigns was and that, you know, he deserved to be in the hall. It was his last chance to get in. But people forget. Go go search Tim Reigns and cocaine and remember that he was in trouble and admitted cocaine use when he, when, during his playing career. So integrity of the game, he wouldn't slide on his butt because he kept Had a vial of in, cocaine vial in, in, his, in, his, in his hip pocket. So my point is this. If, if that's not integrity of the game, then how can steroids be? It seems like they just kind of pick and choose what the integrity is, and that is where I don't like it. That just aggravates the bejesus out of me, for <laughs> lack of a better way to say it. I, I understand. Actually, all three of them, you could argue, have something connected to them. But... Um, the integrity of the game, I think, was originally created after you know the White Sox yeah, scandal, yeah. and that is a major part of it. And they, I think, they want something where people aren't hurting the game. And I, I Rock Tim Raines still played. I have no, I have the, no one dispute. Of the, one well, of the you, better players, but more, more fun players to watch when you think. And, about and a really nice guy. We yeah. used to cover him. He used to live in Sanford, Florida, right outside yeah. Orlando. I don't know if he's still there. Just, just a great ball player. I mean, and you know. I think he's one of those borderlines, but actually, the more I look at the stats, maybe not so borderline. That he he deserves he was the only to be guy a, for six years in a row to ever have seventy stolen bases consecutively. Oh that, yeah, that's incredible. Hits for average, yeah. was a great fielder, all of those things. And 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 this was really a disease when you're addicted to drugs. So he wasn't overtly trying to hurt the game like the people. And and really, maybe the reason why Pete Rose is kept out, even though Pete Rose never tried to lose a game purposefully. Where they're so upset about gambling, right? Yeah. That they don't want to have it, but. You know, I think you're leading up to also maybe the steroids too, right? Well, yeah, the steroid area. Yeah, now that you were some of the, you know two of the guys that were been have been talked about are Clemens and uh, Barry Bonds. Both are inching their way get to getting into the Hall of Fame. Where right. a couple of years ago, there's no way Bonds are, is ever going to get in. Well, now he if he keeps increasing by the percent he's going, he's going to be in in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had a friend of mine text me saying, well, how does Jeff Bagwell get in? Because, because he was never proven. I mean, there are guys that are really big. Like next year, Jim Tomey comes along. Yep. He's just a big boy, you yep. know, from up the road in Peoria there. Yep. There are some people that are just really big on their own. There is no connection with Jeff Bagwell, so he absolutely should be in. There was with, with Pudge Rodriguez. You know, as a matter of fact, I read a, an interesting comparison between him and Jorge Posada. If you look at Jorge Posada and, and Ivan Rodriguez, people who were beat writers were talking about that, how Pudge suddenly got bigger, and that's where his stats really started getting better. He was a, he was a better defensive catcher than uh, Jose, I mean, from Jorge. Yeah. But Jorge had a better on-base percentage, had a better slugging percentage, had a better all of these different things, but he gets only 3%. It's well, what would have happened if he took roids? Yeah. 
It's crazy. Yeah, it's, and it, it is cheating. It is cheating the players who didn't take roids. Yep. And the, there's even talk about you know, like Sealy got in and he commissioned over the time the steroid area era. So if he can get in, why can't the players? You know, some of the coaches like Larusa who've been associated with players on his teams with steroids for years and you know, with the A's and Cardinals. You know, he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. So you think about all the stuff that is associated with it. It's the pick and choose stuff really makes it. Uh, I understand why people get mad at the media. I really do. Is that the pick and choose of who's good and who's bad and what's covered drives people nuts. And that, but that's everybody. I mean, think about it. Say we had somebody who grew up in Charleston ends up being a mass murderer, and we knew that they did things and maybe lit a cat on fire. Or did, <laughs> I mean, no, really, yeah. horrible things. And and at the end, we're going, well, it's the town's fault. I don't think you blame Bud Selig or Tony LaRusso or all the others on there because it wasn't their fault. It was the player who who individually took that. So. So the players who I think who have been but, but, but found I, guilty that they know, no way should they get in it. Rafael Palmero, no. A-Rod, uh, um, uh, no. Um, Barry Bond, I don't know that they've ever had the evidence for it, even though the Balco case really sort of shows it, right? It does. But not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could go to a court of law and he would be convicted of it. It would be, right. it'd be, it'd be circumstantial and, and, and it'd be up to, it would be a tough call to get him convicted. Now, people's heads don't grow when they get older, <laughs> like the size of his did. Or they don't get better. I yeah, mean, his yeah. his slugging percentage from like thirty eight to whatever forty was better than when he was thirty, right? Exactly. And Pudge's head got bigger, and he he became more of a player. I think, I think the fact that Pudge got in on a first ballot tells me that there's no way that Clemens and Bonds are not getting in. Yeah. Don't you think? But Kurt Schilling, who really didn't have anything to do with steroids, but is a kind of outspoken to say, <laughs> and maybe a little bit eccentric and crazy, his percentage went down because of some of his politics. I think part of that, and the other part is, I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I think See, I would disagree. I, mean, I think he deserves his feats in the World, World Series. Two World Championship times, look at his wins over losses, and the length of his career. He's, his, his stats are better than many pitchers that are in the Hall of Fame. I think he's one of those borderline guys. I mean, if he gets in, I wouldn't go, oh my God, how does he yeah. get in? But I, I just, I think he and Mike Mussina are two players that you're going, do they get in? Do they not? They're both almost they're almost identical. Yeah. So if Mussini gets in and Schilling doesn't, I think it's because writers don't like him. Yeah, and I, again, the pick and choose is what right. I, you know, we, we talked about it. Right. Uh, you were interested in a Sports Illustrated article uh, that came out over the last week about some stuff about the NFL. I want to touch base on as we uh, gear up towards. Yeah, the end here. you know, when I was uh, I was I was reading through it again this morning, it was asking NFL beat writers what are some of the stories that were undercovered, yeah. and the writers like as if anything in the NFL could be <laughs> undercovered. Yeah, right. Um, but they were talking about, even with Colin Kaepernick. They were saying race really isn't because. At one point, I think it was, I don't know if it was Mike Freeman, who he actually wrote a story about, I think we talked yeah. about in the fall, asking players who they were, who they were planning on voting for. And a couple of uh, African-American players had mentioned, I think, Freeman saying that, well, I think all the white players are all before, behind Trump and we feel like that's racist. And they're like, oh, that's not going to happen. And then they pulled them and realized, oh, that is happening. <laughs> not that that really means it's racism, but this whole idea of race in the NFL, as a matter of fact, there's even some people have said that the NFL is too black. Has become a lot more black, you know, and this whole thing. I mean, we want to think that race was something that was in the '60s, so that was one of the things they talked yeah. about. Uh, and the others were talking about sexual abuse, uh, um, how the NFL is into that, and, all, and concussions. How it still is reported as it is underreported. Well, just like in the Steelers game, uh, to both playoff games, you know, the Steelers knock out Matt Moore. He's back in a play. Last week that we knocked out one of their receivers on the goal line play, and he's back two plays later. Right. I mean, and then the Steelers tight end, Ladarius Green, can't get out of con concussion protocol for the past four weeks. 
because they won't pass him. But these guys get passed in, in a matter of minutes on the sidelines. So there's really some odd rules of how this concussion protocol gets cleared. I don't get it. Oh, it is. And, and the thing that I think is most pertinent to our, our show here is, is the media aspect is several of these local beat writers are saying that the national beat writers are getting fed all the information from the teams, in part because the agents for the players are feeding it to them and further in part because they have the same agents as the players. Ooh, so, yeah. And their beat writers are going, what are you doing? And then if you give it to the national, who covers the team all the time? The local. So the local are now kind of natural human reaction is, I'm angry you're not giving me stuff, so maybe you're not giving them the same coverage. So it really hurts the could hurt the athlete a little bit. So that was that was probably the most interesting thing I saw in the article. Okay. The other thing that came out this week or last couple of days is Paul Feinbaum, who is, you know, the voice of the <laughs> SEC by default or de facto, you <laughs> right, know, right. basically ripped the University of Connecticut football coach Randy Edsel because Edsel uh, took over the team, told all told this one certain athlete that yes, we're going to honor our scholarship offer to you, and then a week later pulled the offer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Michigan and Alabama have done the same thing repeatedly over the last two or three years. And oh, but that's will, Alabama. Yeah. That's and Feinbaum will not touch it, but he ripped uh, UConn. And again, the pick and choose of the media drives me nuts. Now, I will say that what I think how Randy Edsel, the what he did to this kid is 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 horrible. And I and I hope Karma gets UConn football for the next couple of years, and I hope they don't win a game. Uh, because, you know, to call up a kid and say, yeah, we want you, your scholarship's good. This kid's whole life had been based on going to con- UConn to study What position does he play? Uh, you would add, I think he was a defensive back. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had already had his you know his plan out. He, he knew he wasn't going to be a pro player, but he won a scholarship, was going to major, had all of his you know stuff prepared, and then to call and pull it after he already said he had it really makes Randy Edsel and UConn football look poor, poor this week. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting that um, recruiting – this whole recruiting and the signing of players is huge business. And oh my the place that I'm that I work for part time, Land of Ten, we I think this we're essentially becoming sort of a recruiting website right now. This time of year, like Scout and Rivals yeah. and all the others, because that's where everybody wants to read. So this player, you know, if he's a three star. You know, they give the stars, and it's, yeah. it's still kind of yeah, what's right. a three and what's a four, and they have some mathematical justification, even though I don't know how much I believe in all of those. But if he's a three, if he's a three or four star recruit, he'll get signed someplace else. Oh, he's going to get signed, yeah. Um, um, but so when you're a lo- when lo- when you're in love with a certain school, oh, and sure, you, and you've already been accepted, and all the stuff's done, and paperwork is signed, and then you pull the scholarship, where if he wanted to back out, right, Edsel could Edsel could keep him and really force the kid into a, in a bad situation. It's just not a lot of give and take for the student athlete that you know well they, know, they don't have a whole lot of yeah. pull from the time they get here and not and the other thing is that right now you have like ohio state i think i was reading one of our writers was talking about that they have they have more scholarship offers than they have so they're hoping players are going to step away yeah i, I want to shout out to kathy myers best she's been uh, commenting on all of our stuff on facebook so thank you kathy we appreciate all the uh the support and, and and we'll follow up with some stuff on Facebook with you uh, to answer some of your questions. So, but she said comments on everything, so we might have a super listener out there. Or oh, super there you go, there <laughs> you go. So we'll, we'll assign pictures of us in the morning there, send it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, scholarships, is, as she's mentioned in there, are just a huge part of it right yeah. now. And and in football, they give pretty much full rides, whereas other sports, they don't give so many of them. But this is big right now. National Signing Day, February first, Wednesday, boom, boom, boom. You're going to know what's happening. People are changing and flip-flopping. And the U.S. All-American, Army All-American Bowl players were were flipping it. Now they're flipping back. And all these fans are on their edge and trying to figure out. And the good teams are still going to be good. And the bad teams are still going to be bad. (laughs) And and coming back to Illinois, you know, Ohio State and Michigan have arguably the two two of the best three or four in the country with all the four-star and five. I think Ohio State has like 
four or five five-star recruits. It was funny because then the big news was Illinois has a three-star. They assigned yeah. four but, or five three-star well, Illinois big news. I think news. where Illinois was most excited is they, they thought they might have moved in the top half of the Big Ten recruiting battle in the Big Ten Conference, which for them is an upswing. Because it is been, an upswing. They've been 13, 12, 11, I think, the last three years. So uh, to be six or seven is is, is, is a little better. Well, maybe Lovey will make a difference. you got yeah. an NFL coach coming in there. there you go. We're about out of time. Any other comments this week on the Sports and Media Podcast? No, I guess uh, you know talking about ratings, one last thing is that uh, you know the show undisputed um, that ha- that's getting like a hundred thousand people watching it is that the one with uh, Skip Bayless yeah with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp well there's the reason and <laughs> and I'm told and, and from one of the numbers I saw that they're actually outdrawing the, the first taken sometimes too uh, I, I, I just don't like yelling and screaming in shows like that well, well maybe it, we should start yelling and screaming well, at each it's other it's preconceived and you can tell that they each take a side for the sake of it Boers and right. Bernstein did great on this in Chicago radio for years they would just take an opposite side of the story and, and, and scream and yell at each other and, and, and go with it I, I get it I just don't know now with there's so many of these options out there so, with Sirius with podcasts with every the pre and post game shows that people really want to see two people screaming about a, at a subject I, I like the analyzation hopefully the analyzation we do on this show has got a few fans out there. Right. And the idea for sports, my thing is sports talk is it's to make people think and entertain them, but not to try to get people mad, you know? Right. I, I don't want to make people mad. I, I, I'm sure I'm, we both have opinions that probably do make people mad, but that's not the purpose of the show. It's to analyze what's going on in sports and media right. and have some, have a little fun with it. Right. It's, 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 make it fun. Yep. Make it fun and be clear and you know don't anger people. Exactly. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be next, next, back next week. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Everybody have a great day. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.